Big Finish sales event is going on now at Bettenhausen Ram on 159th Street in Tinley Park. Power on into the new year with the strength of a new 2022 Bettenhausen Ram truck. Your best Ram buying experience starts now at BettenhausenCTJR.com. Welcome to the Hockey Show presented by Bettenhausen Automotive in Tinley Park and Orland Park. The Hockey Show on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000. 100.3 HD2. And the ESPN Chicago app. Ready for the power play? Here are your hosts, Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. Here's a turnover. Hagel, he scores! Brandon Hagel off a New Jersey throwaway, and he buried it by the glove hand of Gillies. The Hawks with the lead. Still 10 for the power play. Here's Hagel on the top. He scores! Patrick Kane, a beautiful pass. A mattress pass for Hagel, and he laid on it. And the Hawks with a two-goal lead. Lafferty cleared it. Here's Hagel looking for an empty netter. He's going to add to the total. The puck and Hagel into the net. That's two hat tricks tonight. What a night on the west side last night. Double hat trick says the Blackhawks knock off the Devils 8-5. Brandon Hagel, his first career hat trick. Patrick Kane with his eighth regular season hat trick, 10th of his Hall of Fame career. And a lot of fun was had at 1901 West Madison. Welcome into the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. I am Pat Boyle with Brian Hanley. How you doing this morning, Brian? I'm doing great. Where'd that come from? The power play showed up. The offensive explosion had to make it a little more interesting than you need to against a New Jersey team playing second in two nights. But, I mean, that it, it's when the team scores, 19,000-plus have a lot of lot of fun at the uh, at the old stadium. And of course that's the, the offense has been a, a, the problem for this team most of the season. They ended a seven game winless streak at home last night with the victory and what impressed me most is yeah, I love those three power play goals that they had in that second period. Uh but when this game got tight in the third period, when it was 4-4, they upped the compete level and then when it was then it was a a one goal game six five after Bratt scored uh, with about four minutes to go, and uh, they 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 kept their head above water. They managed to close the deal and get a couple empty net goals, and uh, it all adds up to an eight five victory. Yeah, it's not pretty. It wasn't uh, a work of art last night, but uh, I think everybody left the Madhouse on Madison pretty happy with what they saw. Yeah, and why wouldn't you? And, you know, look, this team, what it has done for Derek King pretty much every game, most games anyway, not all games, is competed. And so, you know, he's got that going for him. Um, once they figure out who the GM is, then we turn our sights into whether Derek King's the guy moving forward, at least in the short term. But this team does not usually, you know, take 60 minutes off. They'll take a period off. But for Derek King, they usually give you at least a couple periods where – they, they give it all they got, whether that's good enough or not. You know, they, they're a try-hard team for the most part. So last night, Hagel ends up with the second hat trick of the night. And I love the way, Brian, he carried himself this week. You know, he was asked uh, midweek about being mentioned in trade rumors <laughs> and the reported high-asking price. And I, I, I mean, in, in what here, a response. it was a fantastic response. Basically saying he was, like, flattered, right? He said... 
Uh, I got to take it as a compliment. I mean, I'm a sixth round pick. They want to give up a first rounder and a prospect. So, I mean, I'll take that any day. He says two first, two first, couple prospects, McDavid maybe. Well, that's I mean, after the hat trick. Yeah, this, I'm right. talking prior to last night's hat trick. He was in a, almost a jovial mood, yeah. which is a difficult situation because, look, everybody in this town, I think, that watches the Blackhawks loves Brandon Hagel. I mean, what, yeah. what, what is there not to like? He's well, everything King, you want. Derek King said he's like a super fan. He's like, he's not going anywhere. Not that Derek's got any say on it. Hey, but if you get... Two first, a couple of prospects in McDavid. Yeah, I think you'll take. Yeah, well, of course, yeah. of course. I thought that was. I mean, it was the line of the night uh, oh, well, that he said that last night. Uh, what did you think of PK Subban tripping Agle into the net as he put in that empty netter? I mean, it was just a, a flat out dirty play. There's no other way to, to sum it up. Well, I mean, I don't care how frustrated you are. What's the point? I mean, that just that's a cheap shot, and I, you know, the league ought to do something. I mean, he didn't get hurt. But if you want to eliminate just stuff like that that has no place in the game, find him something. Make sure he gets his attention. They're going to find Jamie Ben for squirting his water bottle at Mackenzie yeah. Antwistle as he as he skates by. That then you you better yeah you, you you better do something to PK Subban who who trips a player and he goes head first. And now that they have the the cameras mounted in the back of the cage, I mean. There could be some damage done to the body. So here's Hagel last night on Sue Ban's dirty play. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like the reason the guy slew foots everyone and gets gets these dirty fines, dirty play. I don't care who you are. Um, I have a clear cut breakaway. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, it's it's just a dirty play. And, um, is what it is. I mean, he can do what he wants, but it's not gonna get you very liked around the league. That's for sure. P.K. Subban's image has certainly taken a hit over the years, from Montreal to Nashville to now New Jersey. Uh, he's now a third D-pair in this league, once considered a, a number one. He's now a five or six, and he's doing things like that. Seems to be more worried about his, his Instagram and his, his hmm. Twitter accounts than he is about... Is he on the talk? I'm sure he's on the talk. I'm sure he's on the talk. I mean, for a while, he and Lindsey Vaughn were doing like little hot tub uh, Facebook live sessions. You just bring your candle, light it, and watch oh. the two of them in the hot tub. But the anyways, aromatherapy. Yeah. Um, so back to Hagel here. So your your call is three one two three three two three seven seven six. Is is he between like Alex DeBrink and Brandon Hagel? Th- those are those are some building blocks for this franchise. You can say that okay, that type of player could be a part of the of the end result, a a a cup contending team. But as you mentioned, if the trade market and the offer begins to approach a ridiculous situation, like if somebody says because Hagel is is very cost effective here over the next few years at a million and a half AAV if if you say okay, I'm going to give you a first rounder, a top prospect, and a third or fourth round pick, and you look at your lineup that basically has a lot of AHL players or tweeners, so to speak, mm-hmm. yeah, that aren't quite ready for prime time, and you need to to build that up. Do you begin to say, well, I 
I could get four pieces or three pieces for Brandon Hagel. I mean, these are tough decisions that whoever becomes this next general manager is going to have to make, and they're going to have to make it here in a couple of weeks. Well, that's the good news uh, on the GM front that they're down to three, and hopefully within a week the, 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 the candidate who is chosen is in the office and getting to work because the, the um, you know, you only have a couple of weeks here tr- trade deadline, March 21st, right? So I'm glad I was thinking the other day, hey, it's been pretty quiet. We haven't seen any more candidates added to the list of interviews. And then Thursday, you know, Thursday night, they came out and said, here's the final three. We, you know, if you have a thought on, we're going to talk to Charlie. And uh, I'm sure, Pat, you got thoughts on it as well about which of the three. And you have an outside the outside the box candidate. Well, as in terms of a uh, baseball executive, I don't know if you have that luxury, given where the Hawks are right now to to be that creative. But um, I'm glad they're wrapping it up. And I'm glad that it looks like it's going to happen within a few days or a week here. So we, we know, you know, who's making the decision as you get closer on, on trades like that. I mean, if you get three or four assets from Brandon Hagel, two of them have to be at least Brandon Hagel, right? Right. Or, or I don't make that move. I mean, so you have to trust. But the I mean, that's you know, you 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 can't guarantee that, right? If they're draft no, picks, no, it's I like mean, it's that's the problem. Well, that you have to have full faith that they landed the right person for the GM job, right? That they know what they're looking at, or the staff they put together knows what they're looking at. So the final three candidates, interim general manager Kyle Davidson, Matthew Darsh, he's the director of hockey ops in Tampa Bay. He's only been on the job for a couple of years. It's really been Julian Brisebois' gig, and uh, some folks in Tampa think that Darsh is going to eventually be a GM, but this is just a little too soon for him. And then, as you said, the -the out-of-the-box candidate, Jeff Greenberg, assistant general manager of the Chicago Cubs. Uh, th- this is a really interesting list. Whoever it is, it's going to be a first-timer. And if it is indeed Jeff Greenberg, which, again, I've heard some great things from well-respected baseball people about yeah. him. And those yep. are some people that I, I really, truly trust. Like, when I hear things from Theo and Jed, that means something. That's substance to me. That's I always say the best thing a fan base or a fan can have with their team is trust, right? In Theo, yep. I trust, and and yep. and it worked out for the most part. It was as many championships as everybody wanted, no, but they did in 2016 get the elusive World Series title. So when I hear minds like that back somebody, it. it it, it says something to me. Now, that being said, he has not been in the hockey world. And he, he doesn't played have, for the Quakers. He, he, no, he, yeah, I mean, look, he went to Penn. <laughs> he, played, he played four years club hockey. He was a captain a couple of those years. Played in, in uh, Pittsburgh growing up as a kid. I mean, he's got ties to the game. Yeah, dad owned a couple teams um, or helped the ownership groups. Uh, look, if you, if I like smart people running my, whether it's a business or, or a sports Amen. team, right? Yes. Yeah, they're smart enough to know what they don't know. Unlike Jeremy Carlton thought he was the smartest guy in the room, and I didn't believe that to be true. So, I mean, in a perfect world, you get the smartest hockey guy available, and and off to the races you go. But if if Greenberg was as impressive as I've read that he was in interviews, and the committee, who I you know wasn't just a, a blue ribbon panel of, of, of great players, former players that we all love. I believe those guys know what they're looking at and what they're listening to as well. So if if he was the best and you get down to him, 
it's interesting because we have a Twitter poll and, and we're, you know, like you guys to respond out there if you have a thought on which of the three you'd like to see or none of the above is also a, an option on the Twitter poll. Um, but smart people can adapt. And I, I don't think you should be discounted just because you're, your expertise has been in baseball at this point. Let's go to the phone line. Let's go to our buddy Rick in Modesto, California. He's listening on the ESPN Chicago app. Good morning, Rick. How are you? You're good. How are two of the best in the business doing? We're doing all right. Thank you very much. It was a, it was an interesting night. It, it, a lot of highlights uh, at the United Center, and it was nice to see the boys come on top uh, with an 8-5 victory. Uh, what are your thoughts this morning, Rick? Well, I'm a little disappointed. I had to sign up for another package that I won't use just to watch the Hawks last night. It was only on NHL <laughs> Network. And so um, I, I got sling, and I slinged it right out the window this morning. And so uh, I'm, done, I'm done with that. But got to watch my Hawks. So, hey, gentlemen, and I'll make this quick. I'm on my way to officiate a state championship basketball game out here in California. So um, just really kind of disappointed in the names that we have for uh, GM. I really, I think it's down to one. I think it should be the gentleman from Tampa Bay. Um, I just I think you come from a, a winning culture, and I think that's important. And so that's my first thought. My second thought is, is I'm still not sure that uh, that Derek King is the answer. Um, I I really have just been disappointed in some of these losses and the, the effort. Some I know we're talking about how they give effort for 40 to. 50 minutes but you know taking time off is not possible we're so used to winning well we've been spoiled by winning in chicago but i'm i just it's been hard to watch and not miss the game um so i'm curious about if you guys really think that Derek king is the uh is the answer um really excited to see what happens with this trade deadline i think it's an opportunity to um to kind of turn around the roster in a sense but Appreciate you guys. Love the show, and uh, I'll keep listening, okay? Hey, Rick, Rick, good luck uh, calling these state championships. Game, yeah. Is it a basketball game? What, 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 is, yeah. what sport? Yeah, yeah, I'm in basketball. I, I can't. I don't have the, the, the muscles for that hockey stuff. <laughs> All so, right, well, don't be a Joey uh, Crawford. Uh, don't, no, no rough show. Just yeah, let, yeah. let the kids hey, play. Rick, let me ask you yeah, a question. Yeah. I've got a question. Empty net gold. Should it count a hat trick? Oh. Of course it should. Well, yeah, okay. That, should, yeah. should a dunk count uh, as part of your point total? What if you get two empty net goals to a hat trick? Hey, it doesn't matter how you get them. It just matters that you got them. Exactly. Mm. Rick, good luck yeah. with the uh, state championship game. Do you yeah. really believe that an empty yeah. net goal should not count towards a hat trick, Ryan? It should count on the scoreboard. I just, it, 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 it you know, no. It's, I'm Hard like, work just, has to go into getting the empty net. I mean, you don't, you don't think not. Hagel played the pri- paid the price? Well, he did because he also got chopped. But a lot of times you're just, you know, shooting from the from the red line. Um, I think like Larry David. Eh, I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 all these headlines, double hat trick night. Uh, my hat stays on my head. It's only I'm happened sorry. eight times in the history of the Chicago Blackhawks. Is that like. Eh, no, no. <laughs> hat staying on my head. All right, Larry. You. Easy. Eh, well, yeah. I was I was wondering if there'd be enough for Hagel's uh, hat trick after they yeah, <laughs> they threw <laughs> him out for uh, Patrick Kane. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure the uh, the team store had uh, had a nice uh, <laughs> ring to the cash register yeah. after the game. 
I'm not sure. No, head staying on the head. Sorry. All right, so let's get into the GM discussion. It's down to three. Kyle Davidson, Matthew Darsh, and Jeff Greenberg. We'll discuss that next. Your calls as well, 312-332-3776. Blackhawks Insider from NBC Sports Chicago. Charlie Romeliotis joins us at the bottom of the hour. This is The Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. You're listening to The Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. Presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. Rolling on on ESPN 1000. It is The Hockey Show with Brian Hanley. I am Pat Boyle. Thanks to our sponsor, Bettenhausen CDJR and Tinley Park. Those guys are the best in the business. Go check them out and tell them you uh, you heard it from The Hockey Show. Hey, Brian, I wanted to, before we get into the GM Final Three discussion, I wanted uh, to play Alex DeBrinkett's comments on Brandon Hagel. Did you hear this yesterday? What he, Alex, uh, who's not only a budding superstar in this league, but he's certainly taken over and a bigger piece of the leadership role on this team. Listen to what Alex said Brandon Hagel means to the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, he's been great. Um, you know, he, he works so hard, and, um, you know, I think he, he represents pretty much what the identity of our team needs to be to, to be successful, and I think... Um, he scores goals, you know, he makes plays and <clears throat> also, you know, hunts the puck down, um, you know, every shift. So I think we need a lot of guys like him and um, people to follow his lead and, and his work ethic. And, um, you know, he's a great player for us and um, hopefully he is for a while. He represents what the identity of our team needs to be. I couldn't agree more with Alex on that one. Absolutely. I mean, you, you get three or four of those guys on your team, you're going places, right? And you need if you could, you know, go ahead and clone to bring it. You'd really be going to places. I, I, I mean, everyone loves Brandon Hagel. That's why the 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 rumor price that the team would ask for, and you know, the rumor that four teams were at least engaged in conversation about said price makes sense because the, the guy is, you know, obviously a six round pick who's now being talked about first in prospects. And I mean, I love his demeanor and how he's handled this whole thing too, because a lot of guys might, you know let it affect their game or their personality, and he's joking about it. So God bless him. I mean, the guys in that room know, the guys behind that bench know what he means to that team, and the front office should know what he means to that team, but they also should know what the market will bear for a guy like that. All right, so let's get to the the person that's going to be making that decision, and let's discuss uh, how they got to the final three in the GM search. So according to Elliot Friedman, uh, Danny Wirtz, Jamie Faulkner, and Mike Ford of Sportsology uh, along with some input from the National Hockey League, they put together the list of candidates, the seven known candidates that were interviewed. Uh, those three did the interviewing, Wirtz, Jamie Faulkner, and Mike Ford. And when those interviews were concluded, there was a little bit of time, and according to Friedman, that's when the advisory board discussed the candidates. And they did that this past week, and they also made recommendations. And on that advisory board, you've got Eddie Olchek, Marion Hosa and Patrick Sharp. And so then you're down to the final three, according to Elliot. And uh, multiple sources have confirmed that it, these are the three. Kyle Davidson, the interim GM, Matthew Darsh, director of hockey ops with Tampa, and Jeff Greenberg, of course, of the Chicago Cubs, assistant GM there. 
I, I, I just doing this search in season, Brian, is really, really challenging, especially with that trade deadline looming March 21st. At, at times, I wondered if, you know, because in all in all honesty, this dra- this trade deadline is going to be Kyle Davidson's whether he gets it or not, because whoever comes in is going to need to lean on him. If Jeff Greenberg gets it, he's going to have to lean on Kyle to get him through the March 21st trade deadline. Do we agree with that? Yeah, and it's interesting because you mentioned, I think a week or two ago, you mentioned given where the Hawks have been this season on and off the ice, that if they kept Kyle Davidson, could they really be you know, selling a, a different future or changing culture or anything else? Not that Kyle had anything to do with anything off, you know, that all the negatives have been going on. And in fact, He's done a yeoman's job jumping in and keeping his head low and, and basically staying out of the public eye because he doesn't want to impact, um, you know, the search one way or the other. But yeah, and you mentioned keeping him around would be beneficial and it absolutely would be. So if, if he doesn't get the job, wh- which candidate would more likely work well with Kyle Davidson and inform a team that you could, you know, put some trust in moving forward? Well, that you know, again, I heard Jeff Greenberg had a fantastic interview. I've heard, again, nothing but positive things about him from baseball folks, uh, as you talked about in our last segment. I like smart people. I'm not exactly that smart, but I like smart people. And uh, and Jeff Greenberg is certainly one. All of these candidates are. But, sure. But uh, back to Kyle Davidson for a second. You know, you said the, the, the optics of keeping somebody who's been in the organization since 2010 started as an intern and has held many different hats all the way up to now interim GM Which should here be in positive, 2022. Right? If, it should be positive, but, yeah. but again, it, he knows the Blackhawk way. He knows Stan Bowman's way. Also, and, and this is things that you find out later, uh, what kind of voice was he in the room? You know, obviously he didn't agree with everything that Stan did, and he's undone uh, some of the moves that 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 Stan uh, has made. If Kyle Davidson gets the job, he's going to have to make sweeping personnel changes in the front office, and I hear he's willing to do that. Mm-hmm. You you cannot say we're we're doing an about face, we're changing the culture. And you hire from within and then keep it the status quo in that department. My understanding is Kyle is up for that challenge. If indeed he gets this job, there will be changes made in the hockey ops side as far as personnel. If Jeff Greenberg gets this, uh, that's where somebody is going to have to help him in the transition. I, I, I mean, he does not have the contacts that obviously Kyle Davidson and you know Matthew Darsh have where they could sure. pick up the phone and call any general manager and when the general manager starts saying well how about this player and that player and this round pick and uh, you know he's a smart guy Jeff but he he doesn't know the NHL up and down like like these other guys do so he's going to need to lean on somebody and my question is do they have that person ready to go because this Again, this is this trade deadline is is on now. I mean, trades are happening now. You've got half of the Eastern Conference that is already out of the playoff mix. There's, you know, it's a little 
murkier on the Western Conference side. So you've got more teams that think they could possibly be buyers or they're going to make a run at the playoffs. In the East, you have pretty much the eight solidified slots, and those other eight teams are ready to do business. Well, to your point, you know, even like in the NFL, and the Bears just went through it, right? When the, the GM is coming in, you get down to real specifics about what your staff is going to look like. You know, you, you have a list of names. Right. So these, these guys are ready to go. Similar with the coach. You know, these are the guys who I'm putting on my staff. They're ready to go. It's not abstract. Well, I like an offensive-minded assistant or whatever. You know, you, you have to sell your plan. So it would have been very interesting to be been inside those interviews and have Jeff Greenberg, uh, to, to your point, how much, you know, how does he identify people within hockey that he knows are willing to jump on board with him and become part of the Blackhawks front office where I think Cal Davidson certainly would have a list of names just from people he's dealt with throughout the league. If he's you know going to go mostly outside the uh, Hawks organization to restructure the front office. So um, it, it, it's a very interesting dynamic. I, but again, I would not rule Jeff Greenberg out just because he's basically the Cubs uh, Kyle Davidson, right? Yes, I mean, he's, he, he's been he's been with the Cubs since 2012. He's yep. worn many different hats. The year that uh, Jed took o- took over for Theo and didn't have a GM in place, basically Jeff Greenberg was running the show and and handling most of the GM duties for the Cubs. So, and and, and the question was was asked to uh, someone high in, in Major League Baseball. Okay, if if he's so talented and so great, why is Jeff Greenberg uh, oh, not not a GM in Major League Baseball. Uh, the answer to that is there's a lot of smart people in baseball, and you yeah. got to wait your turn. And and that's kind of where Jeff is at. Uh, but it's interesting yeah, Jed, that Jed Hoyer's not sixty. You know I mean? no, he's that's not going true. anywhere. Yeah. Right, right. All right. So coming up next, Charlie Romeliotis from NBC Sports Chicago joins us. We'll get his thoughts on the GM search, the final three, uh, and his thoughts on on what players might be moved here at the March 21st trade deadline. That's next. This is The Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show, presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley host Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. Listen on the ESPN Chicago app, on the FM 100.3 HD2, and on ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Gave it to the cat. Comes rink wide. There's Kane. He shoots. Scores! Patrick Kane snapped it short side. Top shelf. The Hawks on the power play. The tie things up. Back for Seth Jones. Finding Kane. Center one. Tip it. Score! A pass. Patrick Kane. A hot feed in front. Either Hagel or Strongly. Neat redirect. And the Blackhawks come through the power play to take the lead. Now a turnover to Kane. He's got to tap in. The extra point from 88 Red. And his fourth point of the night. Patrick Kane with a hat trick last night, along with uh, Brandon Hagel, who was playing in his 100th career game. That was Pat Foley. Along with Kaylee Chelios on NBC Sports Chicago on the call. One Hall of Famer describing another. And uh, time for us to welcome in my partner at NBC Sports Chicago, Charlie Romeliotis. How you doing this morning, Charlie? 
Good morning, gents. It's a nice sunny day here after a Blackhawks win, so it's a, it's a good day. Good day so far. So I'm, I'm perusing your 10 observations from last night, and I, I love the one you had about Alex Dabrinkit from the morning skate, basically saying he thinks he needs to work on his his passing. It's it's not quite up to par. So what did he do? Just go out there and uh, uh, get three assists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he has four four assists now in his last two games, and he had only twelve in like his first fifty one. And it was funny. I, I I don't know if he truly believed uh, what he was saying after morning skate about how he needs to work on his passing. I think he was more so just uh, kind of deferring because he's obviously known to be a goal scorer. But that pass on on the the first Patrick Kane goal that was a a thing of beauty. So I don't think he's lacking in that department. I just think he's such an elite goal scorer that you're looking to get him the puck. You're not looking to get him get it off of his stick. You know what I really liked? I liked selfish Kirby Doc and more selfish uh, Patrick Kane. I've been saying forever that I need Patrick Kane to shoot a lot more. And last night he brought he, he brought the shooting mentality to to the rink. Yeah, that's a great point. And I thought that was a really impressive goal by by Kirby Doc. Obviously, the move itself, but I think everybody in the building thought he was going to try to get that to Brandon Hagel, who was obviously looking for his hat trick and. and Kirby is obviously the big knock on him over the last couple of years is that he doesn't shoot the puck a lot, right? He's always looking for that pass. So for him to kind of have the awareness that the defender was going to play, you know, defend Brandon Hagel on that two-on-one, and then to show the patience to not just try to shoot it, but he held it and then obviously wrapped it around, tucked it home. It was a great play all around. It actually started in the defensive zone, too. So really nice play there by Kirby Dock, and I think it's showing – in his confidence lately. Charlie Romeliotis joins us on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Blackhawks were just 1 for 19 on the power play over the last seven at home. So they got, come through with three power play goals uh, last night. What was the difference as, as to why that, that unit was so effective? And the thoughts of, of Tyler Johnson returning to the Blackhawks fold. He was in that bumper role when the Hawks power play was humming at the beginning of the season. Yeah, it's funny too, because, you know, obviously Tyler Johnson has been practicing with the Blackhawks for a while now, but um, on Wednesday or Thursday, they were really honing in on the special teams and they had Tyler Johnson back in that bumper role. And, and what does Brandon Hagel do last night? He scores in that bumper spot. (laughs) So it's, it's kind of like complicating things a little bit, but no, it's a, it's a good problem to have. And I think it's interesting too. Like Patrick Kane mentioned it yesterday after the game as well. Like the power play has actually been rising in the ranks. Like we kind of probably, the, they went on such a, a couple months long stretch where they were just one of the worst in the league. And now they're actually back to, to being in the middle of the pack. And I think getting Tyler Johnson back is, is going to help. And it's weird to say that because you don't think of him as a guy that, is like a power play specialist or like he's not like a Braden Point or a TJ Oshie in that bumper role, but it, they really did have a lot of success at the beginning of the season when he was in that spot because the the, the right-handed shot is so valuable um, in that spot. And I think on the Blackhawks specifically too, like when you have that right-handed shot, who's dishing you the puck from, from the, the other side of the circle? It's Patrick Kane. So like a right-handed shot, uh, player in that bumper spot is going to be caught at all times. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I think Johnson is eventually going to take over that spot in the bumper role when he does return. And I think Brandon Hagel is just going to get a lot more PK and maybe second unit time. Yeah, we haven't even mentioned Kevin Lankinen yet on the show today. And whether Andre Fleury is moved by the trade deadline, he's not going to be here next year. 
And we were hoping to have more of a handle on whether he's a legit number one goalie, you know, before Stan Bowman shifted gears and decided they were going to go try to be a playoff team. This was going to be a very important season for Lincoln and to, to prove that the Hawks have a number one. Do we know any more now than we did a year ago about Lincoln? Yeah, I don't know. He's had a he's had a really tough season, to be honest with you. Obviously, Mark Andre Fleury coming in here and being the basically the, the clear cut starter. I thought that was that was really good for Kevin Lincoln in the development. Kind of see how how one of the best of all time does it. How he prepares on and off the ice, and just the, his his antics and practice, and the way that he he literally is like the last goalie on the ice for pregame warmups. Usually, the goaltender's off at like three four minutes. Um, left and so Mark Andre, like just being around that, I'm sure is really helping Kevin Lincoln. But his development has kind of been stunted a little bit this season with having the you know going into COVID protocol and then having a hand injury and like he's had all these different things that have kind of stunted his development this season. And he hasn't really gotten into a consistent rhythm. Now, if they do move Mark Andre Fleury at the trade deadline, that's going to be a good opportunity for Kevin Lincoln, Kevin Lincoln, to kind of get back into that starters type mentality like he did last year where it was you know it was he it wasn't just like he was getting a spot start here and there like he is this season like he can actually get into a groove so I think maybe we'll know more down the stretch here um, what they might have long term in Kevin Lincoln and all right let's get in the to the GM discussion Charlie so Danny Wirtz Jamie Faulkner and Mike Ford of Sportsology uh, and and the NHL had some input as well they put together a, a list of candidates uh, Jamie, Danny, and Mike interviewed the seven candidates. Then the advisory board discussed that group and made some recommendations. And in that group, it was Eddie O, it, it was Marion Hosa, and it was Patrick Sharp. And then we get down to the final three. Kyle Davidson, the interim GM, Matthew Darsh, director of hockey ops with Tampa, and Jeff Greenberg, the assistant general manager of the Cubs. If it is Kyle Davidson, Charlie, do you think he has the appetite to make massive personnel changes in the front office so that it's not just rubber stamping business as usual the way things have gone in recent years with the Blackhawks? Yeah, I do. I, I think he, he really is his own man. And I know it can be difficult to kind of look at him as – you know, this is a really pivotal point in the organization, right? Like, obviously, that I think in the off season is going to be the the real direction of where they're going to go. Whether they need to take a couple steps back to go forward again, whether they want to continue to reload this team. Like, I think in my conversation with Kyle and and just like on and off the record, like he he's he has a very um, strong head on his shoulders about where the current state of this Blackhawks team is, and we obviously saw it too. Like when. You know, he get he gets named the interim general manager like a couple of weeks later. Like he, you know, he kind of clears the coaching staff out because he he realized that the, it wasn't getting the job done anymore. So like he's not afraid to make those tough decisions. I think he's in a tough spot right now because you need to get the full time general manager in there right now before you can actually put your blueprint on um, the actual roster and the direction moving forward. Right? Like we obviously heard Brandon Hagel's name and in the trade rumor mill a couple of weeks ago and. Like that's not a that's not a trade you make right now. I don't care how big the offer is. That's not a trade you can make right now unless the full time general manager is in there, so they can kind of lay out what exactly the direction of the plan is. So I think that's going to be interesting if they do go with Kyle Davidson. What his overall vision is for this Blackhawks team? You know, it's interesting, Charlie. On our Twitter poll so far, 
None of the above is pretty much in second place with Kyle Davidson and Matthew Darsh leads with 33%. And second place is like 29, 28%. Jeff Greenberg's trailing at 10%. I don't know if that speaks to really not knowing any of the candidates, but the fact that pretty much 29% of our respondents want none of the above, I don't know if that's just a disgruntled fan base. I don't know how to read that. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult, though, because all three of these candidates in the, in the finalists, um, there, nobody has been a, a, an NHL GM um, or a, a general manager at any level before, right? So it's difficult right. to kind of go back. and Like, obviously, Peter Shirelli was one of the seven names interviewed. Like, you can obviously go back and look at Peter Shirelli's history whether it's in Boston or, or Edmonton, and kind of be like, okay, like maybe they shouldn't go in this direction. But th- there really is no history for Darsh Greenberg and Kyle Davidson. So it's kind of hard to base. You know, I wouldn't read too much into the percentages because it, I, we, we can't really look at the, the history of these guys. So I think it's more about what kind of risk do you want to take? Like, do you want to take the risk of bringing in a, a younger up-and-coming guy like a Kyle Davidson or like a Jeff Greenberg who, who could – bring some different ideas from Major League Baseball, or do you want to go in the direction of a more experienced guy? You know, obviously they're, they're not in the final running, but like a Scott Mellonby and Peter Shirelli would have qualified under that candidate. So narrowing those three lists to Darsh, Davidson, and Greenberg, it obviously comes across like the Blackhawks want some new, um, some young blood and some, some uh, new vision going into this organization moving forward. Danny Wirtz said that he would like to have this GM in place before the trade deadline. He didn't absolutely definitively say we will have it. He said he'd like to. Uh, do you think we'll have the announcement in the next week or so? Or is there a chance that, uh, you know, the keys to the, the trade deadline are handed to Kyle and he's allowed to do with it? As he as he pleases, and they they make this decision a little further down the road. Yeah, well, I, I would be surprised if there's not a decision before the March 21st trade deadline. But I would even be surprised if we don't get a decision within the next week because Danny Wirt said it himself in the press release that he that the goal is to get one in there by the March 21st trade deadline. And it kind of goes back to to what I said too about the, you know Brandon Hagel like. If some if some team is blowing your socks off for Brandon Hagel, like you you got to get the full time general manager in there to make a decision like that because he's so valuable right now because of his his contract right like it's one point five million dollar cap for the next three seasons and more than half of the NHL right now especially the the Stanley Cup contenders they do not have cap space right so that's why he's he's a really hot commodity right now and so. I think you need a full-time general manager going into this trade deadline to make decisions on guys like that and what the overall vision is. Are, are the, the interviewing's done, right? I mean, there's not another round of interviews for the finalists, right? We don't know that. Well, they said the pro, right? The, Charlie, they said they'll uh, they'll update us uh, about the process when they when they see fit, right? Yeah, they're obviously not adding any more names to the list. Obviously, right. they, they narrowed down the candidates, but there could be, you know, second interviews. I, I just don't know if they're going to announce them. I think maybe the transparency more was who was being considered for the job when they complete those first interviews. But I think at this point, it's probably going to be behind the scenes discussions, and then we're we're the next thing we're going to hear is is who the actual person is. Do you think Su- PK Subban's going to be fine for tripping Hagel last night? I do, yeah. I, I think based off his history too, he, he's been he's been caught multiple times this season. I think it's four times he's been caught slew footing 
guys. And Sammy Blay of the New York Rangers tore his ACL because of mm. a, a P.K. Subban incident earlier this season. And Subban did get fined, I believe, for that trip as well. So I, I think he's going to get something. I didn't like that at all. I thought it was dangerous. It was uncalled for. And I like that, that Brandon Hagel kind of you know, stepped up for himself uh, after the game last night. I didn't like it. Charlie, great stuff as always. Keep up uh, the excellent work, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow afternoon at the United Center when the Blackhawks and Blues go at it. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Charlie. It's Charlie Meliotis from NBC Sports Chicago. Coming up next, it's one-timers. It's a hockey show on ESPN 1000. This hour is brought to you by Northwestern Football, Chicago's Big Ten team. Where's Carmen DeFalco when you need him? Tickets for the Erlingus College Football Classic in Dublin, Ireland are on sale now. Head to nusports.com for details. You're listening to The Hockey Show. Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley host Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. The Hockey Show. Presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. One timers. One timer by Albertson. He scores! On the Hockey Show. One time shot. On ESPN 1000. One more time. One timers on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Brian Hanley, Pat Boyle with you. Brian, what do you have for us in the one-timers department? Well, a little hockey education. Uh, I don't know how many times in my life I wrote hat trick and said hat trick. Never really knew where hat trick came from. Do you know, Pat, where the uh, how it originated? Uh, I, I do not. I'm just guessing original six days. Uh, mm, some how, about fan- cri- how about cricket? Cricket? Uh, cricket, yeah. H.H. Uh, H. Stevenson, playing for the All-England squad, uh, hit the uh, wicket three consecutive times. And a collection was held so they could uh, mark the outstanding feat by getting him a hat with the the money they raised from the collection, I guess, from the fans at the uh, match. How it went to hockey is up for debate, but the Hockey Hall of Fame, and by the way, our Twitter poll, twice as many respondents on the empty net goal for uh, a hat trick versus the GM search. Here's the thing. Uh, Meller and Miller are coming up next, and they're going to carry over that topic. It's part of their... uh, Fiesta here over the next okay, two, so the, two hours. The hockey hat trick has a tie to the Hawks, if the Hockey Hall of Fame is correct, because they uh, believe that when Chicago Blackhawk winner Alex Kaleda wandered into the Toronto haberdashery of uh, owner Sammy Taft back in the day, January 1946, before a game, he was looking at a hat, a swanky new fedora. But he didn't have enough money to buy the uh, fedora with his silk band around it. So the haberdasher said, if you go ahead and score three goals tonight, you come on back and I'll give you the hat for free. Okay. He scored apparently four goals um, and went back, got a hat, and the the hat shop owner decided to make that a a tradition. Anyone coming into the game, coming in, scoring three goals, could come to to the shop and pick up a hat. So, you know, those swanky fedoras back in the day, ooh, that was styling right there. Yeah. Look at you, little Paul Harvey. Now we know the rest of the story. Page two. And I still Page don't think two. I'm in the, uh, you know, maybe uh, Tyler can tell us, but I believe I'm in the very, very small minority that that keeping the hat on the head for the empty net goals for the hat trick because majority of our voters get twice as many had a thought on this. You don't want hats thrown on the ice and you don't want empty net goals counted towards hat tricks. That that's... I just, My hat's not going on the ice for empty net goal hat tricks. All right. There's, there's, there's All double... Right. Uh, there's...
Patrick last night. No. All right. Hey, uh, my one timer is uh, Nick Jolmerson Legacy Night is Thursday night at the United Center. So uh, he will be honored. Of course, he was traded to Arizona, a part of the Connor Murphy deal uh, towards the end of his career after 10 seasons. One, one of the true warriors of those Stanley Cup championship teams, blocking shots. Of course, he had the, the goal that was waved off in Game 7 against Detroit in 2013. I did a podcast with him. Uh, we cover a lot of real estate. How uh, he was signed to an offer sheet by uh, the San Jose Sharks right after 2010. And the Hawks had three days to make a decision. Do they match it? Or do they keep anti Niemi? And, and so we get into all that. We get into the disallowed goals, some of his great memories, and uh, his favorite teammates, funniest teammates, that whole thing. So Nick Jalmerson, Legacy Night is Thursday night at the United Center. He will be honored before the puck drop against uh, the Edmonton Oilers on that night. So, hey, give us your prediction on the GM. Who do you think it's going to be out of that final three? Kyle Davidson, Matthew Darsh, or Jeff Greenberg? The safe choice would be Darsh because of the organization he's coming from. And I, I want to keep Kyle Davidson around. I, If I'm Kyle Davidson, am I comfortable working for baseball, baseball Kyle Davidson? If I'm bypassed for Jeff Greenberg, I think they could be a terrific team. Um, I don't know Kyle Davidson at all, so I don't know how much – Ego comes into play, and I get he's 33, and I get, and you know, these front office jobs are sacred. Would he be able to, if you gave him a, a upgrade in title or whatever, work with Jeff Greenberg? But in your heart of hearts, you know, Jeff Greenberg got the job you were you were doing. I don't know how that works, but in my perfect world, I would like to see how that works because I think it would work well. Yeah, I I, I think Matthew Darsh is is not going to get this job. I actually think it's it's a two horse race between Kyle Davidson and Jeff Greenberg. I hear what you're saying. Look, I think Kyle Davidson is a little more of the known. You've been able to see him work in the past, how he handles uh, debates within the boardrooms, and you've seen how he's handled the job over the last four months in in very trying times. Uh, Jeff Greenberg, you've got his body of work from baseball. You have some really strong folks backing him. If it is Greenberg, it's going to be a combo. It's going to be Greenberg and and some form of Kyle Davidson to help usher him in. It's going to be interesting to see what happens on that front. Uh, Brian, our thanks to uh, Charlie Romeliotis, our producer Tyler Aki. Uh, what do you got going on uh, tomorrow? Are you on uh, with Xander? Xander will be here with me uh, 10 to noon, and uh, I'm sure we're going to be monitoring the baseball talks such as they are because – MLB said uh, no agreement by Monday, no opening day on time. All right. Enjoy uh, the rest of your weekend. We'll be listening tomorrow. Meller and Miller are next. Where's Peggy? Golfing again with one, one of the, the One Direction dude? She's like the, she, the, the show's been. Pe- uh, Peggy and Dion has been on the air dude. for four weeks, and she, she's been here for two of them. Uh, she needs a break. All right. All right. Up next, it's Meller and Miller. That's going to do it for the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. We'll see you next week.